Who am I? Good day, listeners. Welcome to another podcast for dreamers, achievers, and explorers. Today's episode will be talking on the topic you have a choice in your course of action. You have a choice. You truly do. It's always very difficult for us sometimes when we face certain circumstances in life and you wonder or you are wondering how I wish I don't need to make a decision or take a, a, take a decision. I don't have a choice. I just, you know, sometimes we just want to blank out. We don't want to hear anything. We just want to uh, believe that, you know, the whole situation will just pass away like that. No, this is real life. This is not movies. It is real life. You have to, you have a choice in every matter of your life. I remember why I was in school, uh, we, were, we had economics uh, lecturer, and the man, he was very good, he taught us very well. And during the exam, he said one question, and the question was very was compulsory. So it's like, uh, out of six questions, you are to answer five, but question one was compulsory. And that question one was like 30 marks. Reading the question alone, you don't even know where to start from. And this was how the question, uh, how it goes. He said, if human wants are satiable, then the subject economies would not have come into being. Discuss. I can guarantee you, right in the, in the classroom, in the hall of the exam, every one of us, we were like, what? I remember my friend that, you know, we do, we do well. We blink at each other to say, what is going on? What does this mean? If human wants are satiable, the subject economies will never have come into being. Discuss. What, what does he want us to do? How, what, how do I, what do I think? How do I approach this uh, uh, kind of question? But you know, I've always helped myself by saying, listen. I had one notion. Somebody taught me something one time. He said, listen. Whenever you are confronted with any situation, the first thing you should never do is panic. Never panic in any given situation. He said, what panic does is that panic takes away the capacity for you to think. Panic makes you feel you have no solution and therefore you have failed. Panic tells you you are inadequate. Panic makes you feel the things you even know, panic tells you you don't know it. Panic makes you second-guess yourself. Panic makes you unsure if you lose complete confidence in everything that you are doing. So that lesson taught me a lot that in every given situation that you are in, the first thing you should never do is panic. Don't ever hit the panic button. Anytime you hit the panic button, you will find out 
that you will never be able to prefer solution or, re- or solve the thing you are going through. That is what panic does. Every life, we will all go through life situation. You will hear someone calling you to tell you some things. Oh, this is this, this is that. And your first reaction, your first reaction is panic. Once you panic over anything, you can't solve that situation. And so based on that lesson or that understanding in me, I understood that panic was about to set in and I needed to deal with it. And I said to myself, calm down. This is just 30 months. Uh, There are still other questions that I will need to do that will account for 70. So if I can do well in the order, and I might just, you know, write bit and pieces here and there in the compulsory question yes i will still pass it's not i mean i'm not i'm not going to just have zero in the in the in the course so the first thing i need to do i encourage myself to calm down and i calm down and i said to myself go there are questions that we are showing uh, five marks and i said to myself go and do that and i did it and i gained confidence there was another question for uh, four marks. I went for that. I did it. There was, they were like, you know, short, short, uh, A, B, C, maybe question five, A, B, C, D, you know, something like that. So I will answer the A. Yes, I know that. I go to B, I go to C, I go to D. I've done one question. Come on. Things are moving well. And then as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm creating time. I'm gaining confidence. I'm asking myself, what exactly is this man talking about? There must be something he, he has in his mind. So I need to now sort of go into his mind to think what he is thinking in order to be able to answer this question. He has taught us something in, in economics. What exactly does he want us to think through by this question if human wants are satiable? the subject economics would not have come into being. And so I began to do other questions. And as I began to think through this question, now to focus on it and do it, first I convinced myself, I spoke to myself that, listen, every question that comes to your life is because you have been prepared to answer it. There is no question that comes to your life there is no question of life that confronts you that you do not have an answer to. Based on that understanding, I decided to calm down and ask myself, what is this question talking about? And from that moment, ideas began to flow into my mind. Oh, if human wants are satiable, that means human wants which we will call ineffective demand. A want is something that people have no resources to support, but you know, is like a white, white good uh, uh, chase. You just, you need this. I need a car. Uh, a five-year-old need a Lamborghini. Oh, those are wants. They want it, but do they have the resources to finance it? The answer is no. So, economists now, has now said, oh, human wants are unlimited. 
if human wants are, are searchable, then the subject economies will not have come into being, which is true. If everything in life, I just, I want a house, by the snap of my hand, I get a house. I want a car, I want ice cream, I speak into the air, I do this, everything is at my beck and call, then there is no need for economy. That is what economics is all about. That economies now come to now make you to have what we call scale of preference, to make you have choices, to make you have what is called opportunity cost. That whatever it is that you are foregoing for what you need now becomes an opportunity cost. You now, began, you now begin to rank the, your need according to your preference, which is now scale of preference. So all the lecturer was asking us was tell me choices, scale of preference ineffective demand, opportunity cost. And that was what I wrote. You will not believe it that it, my, my uh, answer was more like a, a thesis that after the exam, when we resumed school, the man brought my paper out and said, this is a, a thesis that he's going to take to school. The man was going back to, the, uh, to do his master's. That this is what, you know, he, he never expected this from, uh, from us. But you know what? It came because I calmed down. I understood that I have a choice. I must make a choice. There is a choice that I need to take. The choice is mine. Either to panic or not to panic. So I gave that just for you to understand that today we are talking about choice. Choice is very uh, crucial. Well, one fundamental thing that and truth that we should know in life is, is that uh, we'll always have a choice in any situation that we, we will find ourselves. To say I didn't have a choice would be total fallacy because the action we eventually we take is the choice we have made. On a daily basis, choices confront us and we are at a loss sometimes in making the right choices. Sometimes I wonder why God gave us the right to choose between things. I would think it would have been to our own advantage for God to make the choice for us so that, you know, we do not make the mistake of choosing the wrong things. At least we'll be at a, be a better position. But God never created robots. He created us in his image and likeness. And therefore, we ought to be like him in our thoughts and pattern of choices. Very difficult. We don't know anything God is the all-knowing. God knows today. He knows yesterday. He knows, he knows everything. There is nothing new to him. So it would have been a lot, lot, lot easier for God to just say, my son, nope, do this. My son, my daughter, this. My daughter, don't go there. Oh, stay there. Oh, don't, don't stand up. Oh, do this. It would have been a lot easier. But it would have also been a regimented life. And that would not have brought about the creative ingenuity that God has deposited on the inside of us. There was a well-known footballer who got married and had three children. This is very emotional. I hope I'll be able to control myself. I hope I'll be able to curtail myself in this area. He sacrificed for his family to give them the best education he could afford since he himself 
did not have any formal education. That is sacrifice. When it came to time for the children to go to university, his wife wanted the first child to go to England to study. But the man's cash flow could not accommodate such fees as he had invested his resources in other profit-generating ventures. Arguments and counter-arguments ensued between the couple, and it was during these arguments that the man discovered to his dismay that the three children were not his. They belonged to his friends. To be in such a situation is traumatizing to say the least. But you know what? We still have a choice to make. The man contemplated suicide. Committing suicide would have been a choice. Letting go and starting life afresh, which he eventually did, thanks to good friends around him, is also a choice. You see why you need good friends around you? That is why the Bible says that a friend is closer than a brother. You need friends at such critical moments of your life. You need sound friends. You do not need emotional friends at that critical moment. You need friends that will tell you, listen, life will go on if you pass away. Life will go on if you commit suicide. But you know what? You can stay to see what God will do with your life. Oh, you might think you are down now, but understand one thing, which is one thing that have helped me in life, that when I am down to nothing, it is because God is up to something. I will say it again. When I am down to nothing, when all hopes are lost, when nothing seems to be working, when everything that I, I have trusted, I have believed, I have, I, in my own efforts, nothing seems to be working. When every area, I look to the right, to the left, to the south, east, west, all the four corners of the earth, when everything seems not to be working, when I'm down to nothing, I know God is up to something great, monumental. Psalm 55 verses 12 to 17. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray. 
and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. One of the most painful things we can ever go through in life is to be betrayed or reproached by someone who is close to us. How do you explain Samson sharing his love with his wife Delilah by revealing the source of his strength to her, only for his wife to sell him to his people, the Philistines? Even though I consider what Samson did to be outright foolishness, how can somebody be asking you, tell me where your, the source of your strength is? You keep on doing that and people shows up. I mean, I just felt Samson wasn't wise. I won't do that. There's no, I would never do that. I need to have sanctified common sense. I won't do that. I expect that you too, you won't do that. How do you deal with a situation where you sent money to a trusted friend or brother and ask them to help you buy land and erect buildings on it? so that you could use it to carry out the vision you have, only to find out later that your friend or brother had diverted the money to other things, like living the good and high life at your own expense. How come no land, no building was available to you? What do you do? These are people that you have, you live life together. You have, you have vision, you have plan. You, you grew up together only for you to be treated like this. What do you do? Like I said, we always have a choice in the matter and in the actions we take. I have been in so many situations where I was betrayed by people that I could have sworn would never betray me. But they did. And one's first reaction is to seek vengeance and cause pain to them because they cause pain to your heart. But again, you remember what God said, that vengeance is mine. You have a choice to make, whether to follow your natural mind that wants to do what the natural mind is vengeance, that is all the natural mind wants to do, or to allow the Holy Spirit to guide your actions. I know it is difficult to turn our eyes and look away. I know. I know. I know we may be called fools for not revenging the pain that people cost us. I know an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth would have been ideal for us. But I can tell you that the best way is not to seek revenge ourselves, but to allow God handle it for us. It's a tall order. It's a tough decision. But I can tell you that is the best thing to do. That is the best solution. It's difficult. It's difficult. I'm cringing here saying this. It's tough. It is tough. Always choose the way of the Lord in all matters. God is able to restore to us what they took from us in multiple folds. We always have a choice in our actions. 
you know, sometimes in such situations, you just say to God, God, please, can you take leave of, can I take leave of absence from you for some time? Let me, just give me this um, moment so that I can handle this thing the way I, because God, I don't think you will handle it well. You know, God, you are too uh, passionate. You are too compassionate. You won't deal with this situation. Lord, let me just take leave of absence. I know we've been in such situation. But God, I'm sure God just laughed at, at us and said, look at my children. What, what about what you did to me? Did you not betray me? Did I take leave of absence? I know. Lord, help us. We are your children. Oh, Lord, we always have a choice. Help us in the heat of the moment to be patient, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of reasoning. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for the impact. Thank you that the, the lesson learned from this, you can use it to guide, improve your life and guide your decision-taking process next time. Thank God that you'll be able to listen to the voice of reasoning that comes to you. And you listen to the voice of the Holy God to guide you so that you don't take laws into your hand. Remember, vengeance belongs to God. Until we come again with another episode, please visit my website, paulugobor.com for more episodes of Who Am I? And please, you can also send me email. Uh, I'll put my email there. My email is yobosaugobo uh, at gmail.com. Let me hear from you. And until then, stay blessed and have a wonderful day. God bless you.